0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from pregame.com.
1: Pregame.com.
0: Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
1: Vegas, baby.
0: With your host, RJ Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy?
1: VR seems wild.
2: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast. This is your host, Marco D'Angelo, sitting in this week for regular host, R.J. Bell. I'm joined by my partners in crime, Vegas runner. Vegas runner, a longtime Las Vegas professional better. He's been here since 1995. This guy's never had a job. He's made his living betting sports. Great guy. Also joined by Steven Nover. Steven Nover, longtime Las Vegas resident, who is a noted journalist and a well-respected sports better here in Las Vegas. He's been here since 1984. Steven, a noted NBA and NFL expert. And, of course, yours truly, Marco D'Angelo. I've been in this business for 30 years, uh, living in Las Vegas now, I from Pittsburgh, and uh, we're ready to take a look at the NBA Finals. How you guys doing this week? Never better.
0: It's, uh, excitement's in the air, but with the Lakers in the finals being out here on the West Coast, you could already start feeling it. You're starting to see Laker jerseys out and about.
2: You gonna break out your LA gear? Uh, no, probably the Orlando gear, really? just to be different. Oh, oh okay. Well, Even though
0: I have a Lakers future, just to be different. Okay, just for our, just run. for our
2: <laughs> listeners, uh, next week is uh, Vegas Runner's birthday and a great wife he has. She, they are going to California and she has secured Game Five tickets for Vegas Runner for his birthday. Now that is a keeper. That's a wife, buddy. You better Bending,
0: no sweep. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's Game Five. <laughs> And it's it, they could wrap it up because I have a futures ticket. Wow!
2: I don't know when been. your wife's birthday is, but let me know and I'll make sure to take you out, make sure uh, help Thanks, you uh, help you help you hook her up because she's a good girl. She yes, surprised she me
0: last night actually to
1: make sure I don't have plans.
2: Okay, we- no problem.
1: That's uh, that's really nice, VR. That your wife would actually take you to a basketball game. All I hope for in my wife is that she leaves me alone so I can watch a <laughs> basketball game in peace. <laughs> she's tired of me
0: complaining because in Philly I was used to going. To see all different sporting events, you know, even though I wasn't a Philly fan because we were booking, and you're not a Philly fan if you're a book everybody's betting you, Philly. Um, But, you know, I just was so – I'm always complaining that we don't have it here, you know, professional teams to go enjoy.
2: Well, you have season tickets to the Spearmint Rhino, don't you? Yeah, box seats. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, guys, let's get into the – let's recap the conference finals. Uh, You know, everybody – the Lakers silenced the critics. You know, everybody – you know, what was wrong with the Lakers? They struggled with Houston and then, you know – Denver comes in and you know plays them tough for a couple games and then the Lakers decide to play. They almost like they have a light switch. This team every time they got their backs to the wall during these playoffs they've responded and you know they finally look like the Lakers that everybody expected from day 1 of this season to be in the NBA finals. Steven, what do you what do you think?
1: Well, Markle, the, the Lakers have two things going for themselves, and and, and I said uh, before the start of the playoffs I was predicting the Lakers to win it all. I did think, though, they would meet the Cavaliers in the finals, not Orlando, but I'm certainly not changing my stance. The two things that the Lakers have going is they are the most talented team and they also have the experience. They were in the finals last year. And I've always said the NBA is like a tier system. This is the, the Lakers almost did it last year. They're very disappointed they didn't beat the Celtics. This is their time now. They're more talented than Orlando. They have that uh, championship game experience, which Orlando does not have. It's not Orlando's time yet. And um, I think it's, it's t- the Lakers' time.
2: Well, we'll, bre- we'll break the finals down in a little more detail. VR, what, uh, what did you take from the uh, conference finals? Well, the,
0: the Lakers showed me when it's time to put it out there, they they get it done, you know. And every time they've had to win, they haven't just won; they've won convincingly. Um, and, and like Stephen noted, they do have the experience, having lost last year. Um, I also think the difference maker is going to be um, uh, that Cleveland never saw themselves losing to Orlando. I mean, they were already booking hotel rooms. Uh, the families were already prepared for the finals. Um, they never expected to lose to Orlando. But I think L.A. is going to have a little more respect for them than Cleveland did. Um, but, uh, again, I look, like Steve said, they, they have the edge being home number one and uh, number two being there last year. But uh, conference finals, this whole playoffs have been awesome,
2: dude. It's been a great playoff run. Um, quickly for the Cleveland Orlando series, um, no question. Orlando gave Cleveland just all in, they can handle. All they can handle, <laughs> but there was su- such matchup, you know, problems for Cleveland in that series with the way that they that Orlando could shoot the ball from the outside. And personally, I think that whenever Orlando knocked out Boston, I think psychologically. Cleveland thought they had a free ride to you know to the conference to the finals. I, I think they were more concerned about playing Boston than they were playing Orlando. And I know that sounds stupid when you're playing at a stage this big, but you know, if you avoid your one nemesis, which you know, Boston was their nemesis last year and they were able to avoid them. They didn't have to, you know, dethrone the, you know, the reigning world champs. I think psychologically uh, they had a mental letdown, and, and Orlando, you know, was getting absolutely no respect. I mean, no, nobody was giving them a chance. Everybody, you know, they're talking about the Kobe LeBron, Kobe right. LeBron, and it was, you know, a foregone conclusion, and that's kind of insulting to a team, and, and I think it gave Orlando, you know, the, the fuel to, you know, to come out and play with better intensity because, to me, every loose ball, everything. I mean, Orlando just played, outplayed Cleveland in every facet.
1: You know, I I think um, from a handicapping perspective, uh, I've been handicapping for a long time, and I always try to learn, and I learned something from this um, Orlando-Cleveland series. Uh, No one, as you said, Michael, gave Orlando a chance, and I certainly thought Cleveland was was the right side, too, in that series. But Orlando had a huge dog price because the oddsmakers also uh, didn't give Orlando a chance, and the perception was out there this is a preordained Kobe versus LeBron finals. But if you would have seriously studied this from a fundamental standpoint, for forgetting the situational thing where the Cavaliers are rested, Orlando struggled against Philly, Orlando had to go seven with Boston, if you would have just really broken this down matchup wise because now after the series is over it's obvious Cleveland could not match up to this team this was their nemesis and if you could have done this pre-series you could have gotten a really good price so maybe don't in the future and I'm really saying this to myself too don't get so hung up on all these perceptions break it down break it down statistically there was a little evidence during the season in their two meetings Orlando you know beat Cleveland pretty handedly they'd always beaten Cleveland handedly at home And so I think that's a good lesson to take home. I couldn't be happier. I mean,
0: you know me, Marco. (laughs) I I hated this Cleveland team because they're the one team that was so cocky, and they celebrated all season long with their air guitars and high fives, and every time they blew someone out, they embarrassed them. Um, By celebrating on the sidelines when the bench went in and and shot threes up 30 and the one time that they were the favorite you saw how they showed up and what class of team they are they're just not as good as everyone made them out to be they're a one-man show um and they just don't play like a team i don't i don't think they're 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 Plan is good at all. Their game plan is terrible uh, going in. I, I just there's nothing that impressed me that much about this uh, Cleveland team. Even though I thought they were the right side going in too, I thought when they went to the finals, they would have got smacked around by the West.
2: There's no question that this Cleveland team is too reliant on. LeBron. I mean, he had no help in this series. I mean, they had, you know, nobody step in and, you know, take some of the pressure. And Orlando would give him his 40 every night because, you know, if he's getting 40 and nobody else is doing damage, you're not, you know, Orlando wasn't in danger. And and that was a great game plan. It's been talked to death. We're going to just talk about it for a brief moment or two because I know it's been on all the sports shows all week, but we're going to do it. What about what happened at the end of the game? on Sun or excuse me Saturday with the Orlando Cleveland with LeBron just walking off the court totally classless um uh, honestly um I
0: understand you're disappointed you you know but that's part of sport I mean you know you beat how many teams and and they stood there and had to shake your hand after you swept them embarrassed them on their own home court remember that Cleveland closed out the series on their opponent's home court And yet that team had to bow their heads and shake their hands. And what do they do? They do the opposite. LeBron does the opposite. A classless act. I just want to say real quick, remember I told you before with the Detroit Pistons, they had beaten Chicago Bulls three straight years, knocked them out of the finals, I believe. And on the fourth year... When Jordan finally beat that Detroit team, Isaiah Thomas was so mad and they didn't like each other. And he went to walk into the the dressing room and grabbed Dumars. And Dumars stopped and said, That boy shook our hand for three straight years. I'm going out there. That's what you do, man. That That's what
2: you but do. Sportsmanship. As a Steven, what do you think?
1: Perfectly said by VR, to- totally classless by LeBron. I was surprised by that. Like a spoiled baby, you know. It,
2: you know, I've been a big LeBron fan the whole time he's come into the league, and and that goes back to you know me being in Pittsburgh, not having an NBA team. So Cleveland was my adopted NBA team, and I loved LeBron. And from a standpoint of the city of Cleveland, and maybe possibly what was going through LeBron's mind, I don't condone it. I think it was wrong, and and I really do not like his reasoning the next day with the email to dwight howard and everything again i think that was even more classless but and everyone's approaching this with
0: kid gloves because you know he's believing all that press you got to remember this kid was a prodigy from 13 years old so he's been treated like a god since young
2: i mean everyone's with kid gloves touching it he's the he's the heir to michael jordan there's no question about it and I think that reality set in to LeBron at the end of that game. We all know that he's got 1 year left in Cleveland. I think the situation going in this year, it looked like they had the supporting cast for the first time that they that he's never had to Lost be able two to get, home
0: games. That was it. To
2: get it done this year. I think really anything short of the NBA finals and a championship for LeBron was going to be a major disappointment. I also think in his mind getting the championship with one year left on his contract would have created two things one it gets the pressure off of him and if the town the city of cleveland has that championship ring maybe they can dig deep to get the money that they need to keep lebron there or two if lebron decides to go he doesn't have the guilt of abandoning the city that's never had a championship. And that's what I think was in his mindset that, you know, if we'd have got it done this year, it would have made his decision easier either way. Either they throw him big money or he can leave that city after next year, knowing, hey, I delivered the championship, you know, I owe you guys nothing.
1: Well, it puts the Cavaliers in a very tough spot going into next year. Obviously, they need to help LeBron, they need to bring in free agents. What Big free agent though is going to go to Cleveland, knowing LeBron's only going to be there one more year. Mm-hmm. LeBron will not commit further, and uh, so they're not going to do it. So it looks like I-, I doubt then if Cleveland can you know get better.
2: That's again. That's why this year was the you know was the the crisis year for them to get it done. I'm so glad.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, let's switch gears. Let's give it a preview. Um, Orlando beat the Lakers. Both games in a regular season now the the big note is Jameer Nelson was in the lineup in both of those games there's talk that Jameer Nelson's gonna try to play let's be realistic if he plays he cannot be anywhere close to 100% effective the guy's been out too long he won't have his game legs um and his style of play that slashing quick guard You don't want to be doing that if you're not at 100%. Well, also, Marco,
1: what about team chemistry? I mean, I've never been a Ray for Alston fan, but hats off. I mean, he and Anthony Johnson have been doing the job, and and you're talking chemistry at a point guard, the most important position as far as team chemistry. So, you know, I don't know how much of a plus that is with, with Jamar Nelson, if he's able to play.
0: The way I honestly, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think if he suits up, it'll be a positive mentally because this Orlando's a team. You know, they play as a team, they look towards their bench. Um, I don't think he's going to really disrupt the rhythm that much because I don't think he's going to be expected to do much. I mean, the guy hasn't played since February 2nd. So, like you said, he's not in game shape, but then on the positive side, he's also not been banged up. He hasn't had to go through a whole season, so if anything, he could be fresh as well. I think given in spurts to insert a little energy in, in certain spots, give a little you know, enthusiasm, a little confidence at times, I think if used correctly, I think this is a positive for Orlando, not a negative.
2: Personally, I think it's a smokescreen. Yeah, I think they want to plant the seed in the Lakers' heads that he's yeah, going he to play. dominated them. That, you know, it gives them something else to prepare for. And then, you know, anytime you got to divide your attention in preparation, you know, that's an advantage. Um, not that I'm ever going to say Stan Van Gundy's ever going to win uh, any coaching uh, <laughs> smartness awards on New my rock. part. I, I'm not a, not a big fan of him. But... I think it's done for smokescreen. I also agree with you a hundred percent on Stephen on the chemistry. There's an adage in football, and I hate every time I hear it: a player doesn't lose his, you know, yeah. his position. It's a lie. It's a lie. That, that's a <laughs> bunch of crap. Yeah. If I got if the backup is playing well and this yeah. team is rolling, why in God's name would you would you want to change it?
1: Yeah, so Belichick would sit out Brady and bring back Drew Bledsoe, no, right? right. You yeah, know, exactly.
2: It's a, it's a, you know, I agree with you. The chemistry's there now. If he can play. And use it as an emotional situation. I think coming off the bench in spurts at times in the game, I think would be okay, and I think it would be it would work well. You're not going to break the chemistry of Alston. You're you're not gonna you know you're still going to plant that seed that the guy can play and, you know. Let's say you save him to game three, and you're back in Orlando. It'll it'll almost be like you know you know Frazier coming out of the locker room. Yeah. You know it isn't <laughs> yeah. a bad thing. You know so. I, I look for it that way. That's my take on it. Um, can the Lakers, you know, can the Lakers deal them out? What do you make of the two regular season games? How much stock do you put in it?
1: No no stock. Uh, the, the Lakers catch a big break with uh, the four days in between games. Now they get to fully rest because I thought they'd be tired in that game six against Denver. I was on the wrong side of that game. I thought Denver would win that. L.A. being tired and going into that uh uh, high altitude, but they came out with a killer look, knowing that, look, let's take care of this. We'll get plenty of rest. The NBA gives us a break with their TV uh, situation, and they're going to be rested. What do you uh, think myself,
0: you? honestly, um, you know I have a future on the Lakers to win this series, so it's no secret I want to see them win the series. Um, I'm not going to hedge, not because I don't think Orlando can't beat them, because Orlando can beat this Lakers team in, in a seven-game series, but I just think they have so many factors going their way they have so many advantages to win this series they're home number one and now using the two three two it gives them even a bigger edge um and this is a team that was 44 and seven at home so you know that's going to be pretty tough to to for orlando to overcome um number two they lost last year they were there um So I think it's a very tough hurdle for Orlando to to be able to overcome. I think we'll be able to tell how this series is going to go within the first half of the first game. If these refs get caught up in the L.A. crowd and the hype of the celebration of L.A. in the finals and call quick fouls on Howard, um, then this could become a quick series. If they let him play and let him be that monster underneath and take Bynum to school then Orlando can prolong this series and stretch it out to six, seven games, and who knows what happens. So I I think the first half of game one is going to be extremely telling on how these refs are going to approach it with Howard.
2: Two things that I took from the the regular season meetings. Um, One of the meetings, uh, first of all, for Orlando, neither of the games were back-to-back for Orlando. Uh, One of the two was a back-to-back for the Lakers. They were playing on back-to-back nights. Um... The other point is Orlando, when they played the Lakers, were playing the Lakers at the peak of their season, when Orlando was the beast of the East, you know, and then they kind of, you know, went to the three seed later in the season. I think that the fact that they were playing their best, they caught Lakers in the game that the Lakers didn't play a back-to-back, the Lakers were coming off one of their arch rivals, the San Antonio Spurs, the game before. So scheduling-wise, Orlando had the advantage – both games scoring wise in those two games even though nelson had huge games in both what happened in those games is orlando orlando which is their trademark they had balanced scoring they had in the one game four players in double digits and in the second meeting in la they had five players in double digits anytime you spread the scoring around like that you you're going to win the games. You, you know, and you're they not going 43% from the three point line in LA.
0: And, and honestly, not to cut you off, Marco, the one thing I wanted to add so I don't forget I think that's going to be huge. Orlando's a team that attempts 26 three pointers per game, and they hit close to 40% of them. Being on the road for this series and and being a team that relies heavily on the three, I, I think that gives them a disadvantage again. Um, but the Lakers are going to have to step it up against the three. You know, you can't let this team take twenty five shots and hit forty percent on you. Well, um,
1: part part of Cleveland's matchup problems against Orlando was a height disadvantage uh, yeah. against Lewis and Turkaloo, right. and LA does not have that problem. Uh, they have Trevor Reason, Lamar Odom. Yeah. I mean, they match up better, and Absolutely. that to me is yeah. Howard's going to do damage in. Side. But to me, Orlando lives and dies <laughs> with their perimeter guys. <laughs> well, they they live and die with their perimeter guys. If Lewis and Turco are not right. on, they're not going to win. Right. And I mean Howard, for all his inside dominance, he's not in the class of LeBron and Kobe.
2: Absolutely, I think it's going to be a great series. Um, we'll see. It starts uh, Thursday night. We're taping on Wednesday, so uh, the series starts tomorrow. And uh, all of our guys at uh, the site, uh, the pro cappers, will have their plays. You know, up and available. Some of them have them up today already, and uh, we'll be looking forward to Game One. Tomorrow. Some are even
1: twittering them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little inside joke. VR couldn't wait for the finals to start. He
0: actually thought they. Were I thought the on game Wednesday. was tonight. I'm used to the finals starting on Wednesday. Don't you remember? They started on Wednesday, and, and they, I, I thought game one was today, especially since I've been seeing nothing but damn Laker jerseys in the sports book. <laughs> I assume the game was
2: tonight. You're, I you're just me. all excited about your birthday, trip. That's okay. Just rub it in because you're going to Looking L.A. You'll be, you know, I know the Twitters will be coming from the beach, you know, you'll, you'll be saying, you know.
1: So when the, the camera's panning all the celebrities, Jack yeah. Nicholson, uh, Ace there. You know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, my hair looks like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's been a great first segment, guys. Uh, we'll be back here in just one moment for segment two. And this is the sports betting preview show, a pregame.com podcast.
0: For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit PregameAction.com.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview Show, a Pregame.com podcast. In segment two, we're going to talk about some baseball, and yes, they're back. The evil empire, the New York Yankees. VR, you know this team. You know they've gotten a lot of trash talking this year. They started out slow. They got the big payroll. We All were there. laughing at them. We we were doing and and look, you know, you look down. Here we are, the beginning of June. Who's in first place in the AL East? But the New York Yankees. And again, we're you know we're taping. It's audio. You can't see it, but. Steven Nover's got his New York Yankee He's hat on here. Yeah. He's sporting it. I don't know, but Steven, all the cool kids they they turn the hat slightly sideways, you know? You got you got to get with the cool kids. I usually have mine on okay. too. Yeah. So Well, I'm not
1: cool. I was going to wear my Mickey Mantle shirt. You know?
2: uh, old school. Yeah. VR, what do you what do you uh, make of the uh, the They Yankee started race? winning at home.
0: Remember they weren't the first when when a team starts in a new ballpark, you have to sit back and watch how how they're going to play there and how long it's going to take them to get used to playing there. And the Yankees were a 500 team and worse at home through the first 20 games, 25 games. That was the difference, I believe, because if you remember on the road, they were about 500, which isn't that bad. I mean, if you could go a little better than 500 on the road, more times than not, you make the playoffs in baseball, or at least you're you're contending. And I think that's the difference maker and – this offense, man, I said it when before the year started, um, how impressed I was by this offense. One through nine, um, uh, you have to pitch. So uh, once them bats got hot, it was going to be hard to beat this team, and that's what's happening. I think they're, they're putting up runs, and uh,
2: they're winning games. Going back to the, one of our early podcasts at the beginning of the season, you know, we talked about the new ballpark and that the Yankees were going to be overpriced. I mean, the Yankees are always overpriced no matter what because, you know, they're one of the most popular franchises in all of sports. So you're going to pay a tariff anytime you bet the Yankees, but to couple that with all the hype of the new stadium, you know, the big free agent signings that they have every year, that, you know, they were going to be a go against, you know, all you had to do was hit 500 and you were going to make a healthy profit because they were going to be big dogs. Um, So, you know, again, it pays to listen to all of our podcasts, um, and that'll be a segue into the second team that I'm going to talk about. But one, uh, you know, flip it to Steven uh, about the Yankees. What do you think the big turnaround is?
1: Well, you got to be careful going against the Yankees. I think there's, um, you, you look at their power and their stadium, but there's some intangibles. These guys are a great fielding team. they had gone 18 games without making an error. And if you're going to go against the Yankees at their new Yankees stadium, you have to do it with the right pitcher. And now you got to be careful about what pitcher you go with. I, I was thinking about taking Texas on Tuesday with Padilla at a big price, but he wasn't the right fit. I mean, you can't really take a pitcher who, um, you know, wants to challenge these guys with high heat. But you can't really take a nibbler either because the Yankees are a very patient team.
0: This team has the best record in the American League, the second best record in all of baseball, and yet they're 26th in ERA. So with absolutely no quality pitching... Um, they've been able to. I mean, they're not. I wouldn't say not quality. I would just say not stud pitching. Well, you know what I mean?
2: Like CC, they have some big names, and you would expect more from them. Well, CC got off to a slow start, and I, you know, I went against CC at the beginning because he's never been to me a pitcher that I thought would be able to handle the media that he was going to face in New York. I and mean, he gets hot late too. You know, yeah. in now you know he's he's found his groove i mean you know now he's he's pitching like the stud that they paid him all the money for so you had you know his er era was big at the beginning of the season and let's face it they're knocking the ball out of the park in you know in yankee stadium you know i mean bring back the bronx bombers i mean it's they're flying out of there the wow. crazier thing is not to the cut you all that
0: you know we always say they're overpriced they're overpriced if you were flat betting the yankees a hundred dollars every game heading into tonight's game you'd be up a unit and a half you'd be up Mm -hmm. one and a half even after all the juice after all the vig they're only 31 and 21 but you'd be up money you know that's pretty impressive to
1: me yeah you know good point even though they got the right great record they're not you wouldn't make be making that much money uh I tried to get an under to work there. It did work, but, boy, I had to sweat it out. It was a couple of weeks ago in interleague with Cole Hamels pitching. I tried to go under nine, and he was pitching against, I believe it was Teixeira. And I watched the play, and Teixeira broke his bat in half. I'm thinking, well, this is going to be a pop-up. It was a home run. I mean, this just didn't clear. It went about six, seven rows in on a broken bat.
2: I'll tell you, to me, the turning point for the Yankee season Um, was the Minnesota series a couple weeks ago. They had a four-game series against Minnesota. They trailed in every single game of that series. They came back, tied games up in the ninth inning, sent it into extra innings, won. It's something to, you know, and this will be a thing that, you know, we'll put as a pregame nugget. When you see a team have a series like that, where they scrapped and clawed, come from behind, that is what starts winning streaks. That Built chemistry that you know that they were they should have they could have easily went oh and four in that series and they went four and oh and that that is what catapulted this winning streak and the no error you know when you have a
0: reason to go to the ballpark and really play like i mean you see this team which isn't known for their defense and they're going after it man like i mean they they broke the record or yeah they broke it right They and they tied it then yeah. they broke it the record for no er- errors in a game a- and you saw them and their games I was I ended up watching their games even though I didn't have the money and BK had them the other night had the Yankees big and I'm sitting there cheering them in and I don't even have them but I was just enjoying watching them get after it you know when you have a, uh, that extra incentive in, in sports is so huge and is a handicapper at, at, for betting it, just little reasons like that if you could pick up are, are huge. You can make money off them.
2: Absolutely. Moving to um, the second team we want to talk about here is, again, listen to our podcast because, you know, we tell you things. We we look at teams that are maybe ready to make moves up or make moves down. And here's a team we talked about, you know, a week or so ago, the Philadelphia Phillies. We said that this team is ready to make a move. They started the season slow. They had to the hang over from – You know, winning the World Series and all of that last year got the slow start. Their ace, you know, Hamels was pitching horrible to start the season. All of a sudden, you look here. We're at the beginning of June. Who's in first place in the NL East? But the Philadelphia Phillies, and they're playing great ball, and they're continuing to do it on the road. Best record in baseball on the road: eighteen and six. This this team's incredible. They still have a losing record at home they do what's up with that you're the philly homeboy
0: i don't get they they there could you imagine when if their pitching comes around i mean they've already built a two and a half game lead in in, in the nl east which isn't that easy of a division i don't think so um With Florida, Atlanta, and the Mets, which are all hovering around five hundred or even a little better. So I don't know why this team is not able to win at home yet this year, especially since they're used to this park. They've played it now for for a number of years. Um, It's been good to them in the past. Uh, I just don't know why they have not been able to get it done at home.
1: Well, we're only a third of the way through the season. It's, yeah, yeah, it's we still We still have two-thirds of the way through. What's impressing me about the Phillies is they need their young pitchers to step up. And they got this rookie, pitched his first game, looked real good uh, on Tuesday night. Bastardo. Bastardo. <laughs> Hap has looked good for them. You know, these young guys are, are really stepping up for them. And,
0: and look at that. If, when you look at that lineup, I mean, Rollins, Victorino, Utley, Howard—
1: You know, that's offense. Rollins has not had a good year yet. No,
2: no, exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: They finally, you know, they started hitting the ball too. I mean, they're, they're scoring runs now that, you know, helps those pitchers. I mean, they put up a 10 spot last night. Uh, you know they had uh, nine runs uh, three games ago four and five you know you keep going out there every night and putting you know putting runs on the board it makes the pitching a lot easier for your your starters their number five batters batting 340 that Ibanez. so i mean it's tough to get through that lineup and i think and this is going to segue into the third team that we're going to talk about but this is a good time for them to make some separation i think everybody believes that the mets are the team you know the 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 most logical team to contend with, sure, with, with Philadelphia, you know, but right now, um, you know, Steven, you've got a lot of thoughts on the New York, you know, Mets and the injury situation. Why don't you, you know, tell us about them.
1: Well, I'll start off by asking a question, Markle, to you and VR. Why can't the Mets hire a good manager? <laughs> I mean, uh, every year, you know, Willie Randolph, Jerry Manuel, come on.
0: Yeah. From, from bad to worse.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, they got a lot of problems. They've got injuries and they've got sickness. Uh, They had uh, their middle infield, it was down to, like, Ramon Martinez and Alex Cora, and these guys are hurt now. I mean, we're going all the way down to Wilson Valdez. I mean, that's your starting shortstop right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got problems. I mean, Delgado's out, Church is out, Reyes is out, um, Beltran's been sick. Uh, They've got some serious problems. Putz hasn't done the job as their setup man. No,
0: it's like you said, when you look at that lineup, you know, and Santos and Valdez, and I mean, yeah. they're, this team is, is suffering from injuries. But what's surprising is they're 28 and 23. I mean, somehow they're still surviving, and somehow they're still always favored.
1: Well, even yeah. though he lost uh, last night to the Pirates, Santana's almost good for a win every time. You get a great start from him.
2: They, they've been wasting some of his efforts. Yeah. I mean, he, they, they, Tell yeah. me about it. He's on my
1: rotisserie team. <laughs> yeah. I, I paid top dollar for him. It's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, they, they, he so, has, yeah, he has.
2: And, and like you said, and I can't resist, you know, Putz has been a real Putz for the, in the uh, bullpen. But he's what not do you on think? my rotisserie <laughs> team. What, what's going to happen now with the Mets? They're a
0: team that's won six of their last 10 but they're also a team that's lost three of their last four so what's going to happen in the next 10 fade days them,
1: fade them and play under them
0: I, I agree I and I'm a team I'm someone that, that I like the Mets I, you know uh, in, in the National League I thought they would be good this year health has been the problem has been the issue we haven't seen this team 100% I don't think all year um and if they were 100% I, I think they're a very capable team even with lack of management like steve said
2: they got to get they got to get some bats back in the lineup i mean in their last uh i'm looking at their last 5 6 games they've uh, they've only scored over 3 runs once yeah and, you know, and that's the one three, time it two, was a one, loss you know so you know they got to get some you know cuz they're not you can't win every game 2-1 and 3-2 you know,
1: they got a really good looking rookie outfielder mart fernando martinez you know highly highly touted so what does he do? He, he hits a pop up, doesn't run it out. Of course, they drop it. <laughs> you know what does that tell you? I mean, what's going on with that? You know, it's- you know
2: the the manager situation in New York. Uh, you know, it's New York is just different than any other city in the country. I mean, the media, the newspapers. I mean, you're under constant scrutiny it takes a certain kind of you know manager to be able to handle that and you know and that's why you know yankee wise and you know look what he's doing with the dodgers joe tory's a mastermind joe tory handles all the pressures he he able to handle superstars you know you need a certain disposition to be able to manage in in new york and, and i just don't think these choices were there
1: joe tory's probably headed to the hall of fame as a manager he was also a very good player too, but not as some brilliant strategist, which he'll never be accused of being, but just maybe as the all-time best manager as far as handling the media, handling the players, you know, having a, a right environment for certain teams.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That any way you look at it, that that's where the problem is.
2: He's the ultimate players coach. I mean, he, he can he can be your friend. He can be a father figure, and, and he can get the job done, you know, when he's got to make decisions. And then I just – the Yankees were stupid the, for letting him go. The
0: Mets are on the road. And then they have home stands against the Phillies. And I think you're right. I think they're going to be a high-priced team that you could look to fade, maybe back the Phils there as a, as a dog.
2: Definitely a big series for them. Hey, that's a great second segment, guys. Um, We're going to be back here for the third segment, which is uh, everybody's favorite segment. Uh, I give away some of RJ's money, and we give you guys some winners. So we'll be back in one moment.
0: For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com.
2: Welcome back to the Sports Betting Preview show. This is our third and final segment. This is my favorite part of the show giving away RJ's money and we'll have some free picks for you too in this segment. Let's get things started with our coupon for this week and every week we give you guys for listening to the show a coupon. It's good for $10. You can go to our site go to Pregame Pros and you can check out all of our hot cappers and I'll tell you about one hot capper in a moment but if you use since it's the NBA Finals this week type in with a checkout. When you go to checkout put finals 10 that's the word finals and the number 10 and you will get $10 off your order it's a one use coupon and you can use that coupon from now through sunday or excuse me through monday it'll be good through monday and I want to tell you Larry Ness Larry Ness a longtime capper here at uh in this business and here at pregame he's on a run in baseball he's having a great season in baseball his 20 star plays They are nineteen and seven for the baseball season, but his twenty-star perfect storm plays a perfect nine and zero this year. So check Larry out and all of our other red-hot cappers. And uh, before I get to our free pick, just a reminder: be sure to check out. It'll be up uh, late in the afternoon on Thursday. I will be doing a Belmont preview for all of our horse followers. I'll break down this year's Belmont for you. That podcast will be up and live sometime uh, late Thursday afternoon. And as we swing it to the free picks, uh, we're going to kick it the Vegas Runner first in uh, VR. You know, you're tearing it up uh, right now, baseball and basketball. And, you know, I want you to tell uh, our listeners about your Bet Like a Pro program and just a great way to, you know, get locked up with VR.
0: Yeah, I'm doing really well, man, right now. I'm seeing things Clearly, uh, my the projections I use for Major League Baseball are really doing well, so I'm really looking forward to the next few months. Um, the Bet Like a Pro is probably the best program pregame has ever come up with. The concept is incredible um, because my guys don't get charged them weeks we lose. Um, so far, like the Bet Like a Pro program – if you start it from the when we kicked it off um it's up almost 20 units that's not counting what we won in boxing and the fights um any other exotics it's not counting um any teasers that kind of stuff a lot of pushes that were wins um so they're ahead you know you're definitely nicely ahead but the bottom line is during the year you're gonna have some losing stretches any way you cut it i mean if you're a 60 percent capper which very few are you're gonna have some terrible stretches Mm -hmm. um but my guys don't get charged during my bad runs so even though they have the stress of losing to their book on top of it they don't have the stress of having to pay me you know even though i did work and i wanted them plays to Mm -hmm. win bottom line is they didn't win and and what we're trying to sell is is certainty you know i mean we or at least long-term certainty and i love getting rewarded for um doing a good job and uh, you know i love it i'm excited I, I i'm getting great response from it more and more people are signing up and seeing that y- you can make money in this racket but it's long term you have to be disciplined you have to approach it like a business and it will pay like one but it's not easy if it was why the hell would
2: anyone go to work Absolutely, um, got a free pick for us this week. Yeah, uh,
0: last week I gave out. You had to jump through a couple hoops, but if you did, you got five units pending on the Lakers winning the, the NBA Finals. Those of you that are building your bankroll, go ahead, bet two units on Orlando and hedge. Myself, I'm I'm where I'm I want to be. I'm not trying to build my bankroll to bet more. You know, right now I, I try to build my bankroll to, to gain profit. Um, so I'm not going to hedge but this week again you got to jump through a couple of hoops but I really like this bet um I think you wait till tomorrow's game to end I think Pittsburgh probably beats the Red Wings again and it goes 2-2 and then I want you to jump on the Detroit Red Wings to win the series teams that win game 1 and 2 at home are 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 an incredible 90 something percent in the NHL um I think that's just a huge advantage um, the team has beaten Pittsburgh last year, so they have that going for them. And I think they're just going to be too much for this Pittsburgh team. I think they'll be able to close it out within six. So I'm definitely going to end up giving that out to my clients that following day when it does happen, at least a three-star series bet. So that's my free play. Bet the Red Wings to win the series, but sit back, let it go 2 to uh, two first, unless you're willing to lay the price it is right now.
2: Okay, so while we were in break, you you were pounding on your microphone uh, and you know rubbing it, not realizing that I still had the headphone on and your mic was live. So I'm now deaf in one ear, <laughs> and now in my good ear, I got to listen to you tell me that my penguins are dead.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, Marco. I they're not. Okay. I love the penguins, but uh,
1: they're okay. just not
2: Steven, a better team. I have good news for you. <laughs> your tires aren't flat this week. Okay, <laughs> well, I have a new target out in the parking lot.
1: Well, Marco, our Pittsburgh man, don't be greedy. You got the Steelers a championship, you know. uh, uh, I'm more talking about concepts at this time of year rather than giving out specific games in advance. I think uh, in in baseball, we're about roughly a third of the way through the season. Look at some of these teams uh, that are, are doing well that may be a little bit surprising and then break down their schedule and find out if they're if most of their games have been against non-500 teams. I went and did that, and what have I come across is the, the Detroit Tigers. They've played mostly a soft schedule, and um, I think they're a team now to, now to fade. Uh, just talking in general terms here, uh, Porcello's been great for them, but uh, he lost the other day, and I just think it's, it's time. to. They've been playing over their heads. They've had a soft schedule. Their schedule gets tougher now. Fade the Tigers.
2: Okay, and you mentioned the young pitcher, and we'll throw out another pregame nugget. Um, I've always been a firm believer that pitchers have an extreme advantage over the hitters first time around the league. When you got these young guys, you know, coming up and the first time teams see them, they're the side you want to back. You want to back the young pitchers. As they start facing teams for the second time, that's where you're going to get the value. You know, these some of these pitchers are overrated, and um, – you can pick up some nice dog prices so good point Stephen. um anything on any streaks you want to tell us about anything going uh
1: um i've been doing well in in baseball the, the latter part of may and so far the early part of june i'm i'm eight and four uh in baseball with my last 12 picks and my, my style i don't give out big favorites uh my style is, is mainly totals dogs and, and short favorites
2: absolutely um I'm going to go to my free pick last week. We gave you a pick. Uh, We told you to take the Detroit Tigers, the game that uh, Verlander pitched, and we told you he's been a stud um, over the last uh, four or five starts, and uh, they came through for a win for us. So I'm going to give you another play where we're going to look to isolate a pitcher. And uh, quickly, um, I've been on a very nice run in baseball uh, my baseball and basketball plays uh, were on a fifteen and four run with our last nineteen plays. Uh, more importantly, uh, you know, not more importantly than fifteen and four, but the first month of the season um, in baseball, I let my Pittsburgh team kind of just sit there and dissect the, the situations. I have been pounding my plays with the the pirates going with or against or using totals I, i've just been zigging and zagging and and hitting the totals and we're on a nice run and it's up to my record in 2009 involving pittsburgh teams to 21 and 8 uh-huh. um, so it's you know going good and actually my free pick's going to be involving a pittsburgh uh situation uh they played the astros last weekend and um, I actually had an under in the game uh, that Hampton pitched, uh, and the game ended up being 2-1. They're going to be in Houston this weekend. I am going to go with the Pirates to beat Hampton, facing him for the second time um, in a short period of time. I'm going to take the Pirates on the road. You should get them as a dog, and so just bet Pittsburgh – against Hampton, the game he goes during the weekend series. And uh, that's going to be my free pick this week. Um, guys, again, we're going to have the Belmont show. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, we m- might be minus uh, VR. He's going to be in L.A. Yeah, for his birthday. Yeah, we will be 100%. Uh, minus VR, but uh, Stephen and I will be here, and we'll, uh, we'll drag that guy out of the CEO uh, room maybe to come mm-hmm. in and set in next week so we can have uh, a third voice in here. I and
0: look forward to this, honestly, every week. It's going to suck.
2: okay well it's really gonna suck for you and your tires are flat today but uh that's okay hey this is marco d'angelo along with vegas runner and steven Nover, and this has been the sports betting preview show a pregame.com podcast we'll be back with you next week same time good luck to everybody this week